Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited that you're joining us today. So today, what we're going to be discussing is apologies, and it's going to be a start of a mini-series. And today, what we're going to be focusing on are things not to do or things that make apology bad or unhelpful. And then the next piece, we're going to be talking a little bit more about how to have an appropriate apology that will help to reconnect and to rebuild the relationship. Now, before we get started, we'd really appreciate it if you took some time and you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to extend our reach and helps people who might benefit from listening to this podcast to be able to find it. All right, let's jump right in. Something that I think is important for people to understand about apologies is that people very frequently do them incorrectly. I think a lot of times people throw out an apology and they do it when they're still upset or irritated, so they might be even giving it out kind of snidely, or they view it as kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. Oh, because I apologize, that means everything should be over. But I do think people have a fundamental misunderstanding of what an apology is for. An apology is to try to reconnect with somebody who you've had a little bit of a break in relationship with. And that break in relationship doesn't necessarily mean that now we're not talking or now we hate each other. But when there's this tension and this difficult interaction between you and somebody else, that itself is a break in that relationship. And if you view it as this is a tool that I can use to start the healing process between me and this other person, as opposed to some type of obligation or something that somebody's forcing you to, I think it can go a long way towards setting you up towards doing more of a healthy apology. Let's go back and let's talk a little bit about what apologies are not. A lot of times apologies will be something like this. Hey, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, but you just made me so mad because you never listen to me when I'm talking to you. And then I have to repeat myself. Actually, that's a great example, right? When you're saying that, as soon as you said, but I started laughing to myself because I was like, oh, that's a great example of a terrible apology. If you're using but in your apology, you know, you're probably not doing a good one. Right. In addition to the but, there's also the blaming, right? You can say but because you're minimizing it. Like, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, but I didn't mean to. Or it could be the blame part of it. I'm sorry that I yelled at you, but you made me mad. And for all these reasons, right? And so anytime you then shift it, you're not showing that remorse and that I'm sorry and I want to correct this rift in our relationship. What you're doing is you're really justifying either why it was okay or that it's not your fault, but it's the other person's fault. 
and you may even be just trying to offer an explanation for your behaviors. But if you do that and it's immediately after you just apologize, basically you wipe that apology away. So the idea behind an apology is you want to be making sure that it's focusing on you taking responsibility for what you did. Or an apology doesn't necessarily have to be you accepting responsibility for something, but it could just be apologizing to the other person that maybe they perceived what you were saying in a wrong way. So to help you guys conceptualize this a little bit, I'm going to retell a little bit of a story that I know we've told before on this podcast. But basically, Ruth and I had this misunderstanding one time where she was running out the door to go see clients and I was coming home from seeing clients. And then she was handing off care of our eldest to me and I was going to be getting her ready and prepped for bed. Now, I got her ready, prepped for bed, put her to bed, and then I was getting ready to go to bed myself. And then Ruth came home and then she came up the stairs and then she said, Tim, did you clean the kitchen? And then I said, no, did you ask me to? Now, in that moment when I said, no, did you ask me to? I wasn't telling her that it was her obligation to ask me to do something around the house before I was ever going to do it. What I was really meaning was I was concerned that she had asked me to do a specific task and I had either forgotten or I wasn't paying attention when she asked me to and I missed the information. But instead of staying long to talk about that, I just turned around, walked out the door, went downstairs and cleaned the kitchen. And I'm sure that I cleaned the kitchen pretty loudly, probably. But I automatically thought he meant, well, you didn't ask me to, so it's not my responsibility and I'm not going to do it. Now, this is a great example where it was just a misunderstanding. Nobody really did anything wrong. Me saying, no, did you ask me to? There's nothing inherently wrong with that statement. And especially because my motivation behind that wasn't that, hey, this is something you would have to ask me to do before I'm ever going to consider doing it. It was just something that wasn't a part of my mind because I wasn't in the kitchen and I was putting our daughter to bed. But in order for us to reconnect, because this misunderstanding had caused a small rift in our relationship where we are irritated or upset or confused in the situation, I apologized for my part in it. I'm sorry that I said it that way. That was not very clear. Again, it's not apologizing because I did something wrong. It was just letting her know, like, I didn't mean to be unclear. I didn't mean to say it in a way that could hurt your feelings, but that there is something that I maybe could have done to be more clear about it. Now, there's definitely things that Ruth could have done on her end. But it's not my obligation if I am apologizing for either if it's just a misunderstanding because I didn't communicate the best or because I did something that's objectively wrong. The main goal is to try to reconcile that relationship and for us to then be able to then move past that. So I'm just going to take responsibility for my portion of it, not try to make her take responsibility. And so when you were talking earlier, Ruth, and then you did the poor example of an apology where you said, but you right? That's trying to make the other person take responsibility for their actions. And if you're doing that, you're putting yourself in a position of weakness because you're trying to make somebody else do something and then they have the power to either choose to or not to. And then automatically, if you're trying to make somebody do something, people's walls and barriers go up and then they're going to resist that even if what you're saying is a fair thing. And the other thing that Tim talked about of how not to apologize is using it as this kind of get out of jail free card where you apologize and maybe there's not any remorse or maybe you do have some remorse, but you apologize. And after that, anytime that person wants to kind of debrief it or talk about it, you're like, I already apologized for that. Can't we just move on? And there's this frustration that, okay, I apologized. All the hurt is canceled and we can move forward. But apologizing doesn't erase the hurt or the pain that's happened. We still need to acknowledge that. And even though you are maybe truly remorseful for it, you still need to give the other person space 
and validate that they were hurt. And the other thing, too, again, going back to the apologizing that somebody's feelings were hurt, even if maybe you didn't do something objectively wrong, when you do that, just like you were saying, Ruth, it doesn't automatically make them feel better. Them coming to the understanding, okay, this was a misunderstanding, they've apologized to it, still does leave that person with emotions that they may have to take some time to work through and to manage in order to be able to move past that. But it is a good starting point of that reconciliation experience. Now, I can almost hear people's thoughts out in the audience right now thinking, but if I didn't do something wrong, it's not fair that they're mad at me, or it's not fair that they're still upset or that they still have feelings. And that may be true. But the problem is that's what reality is. If somebody has an emotional response that isn't automatically going to go away, even if their emotional response wasn't based in reality. And so part of this is just understanding this is how human beings operate. And if they're still upset, it may still take some time for them to calm down. A very common thing that people get into trouble for is when their spouse is sleeping and then they have a dream about the other person doing a bad thing. <laughs> now, they may wake up and realize, my spouse didn't really do that bad thing. But then they still have raw feelings towards their spouse afterwards. And the thing about it is just recognizing that, okay, they still have these feelings. And it's also not fair for you to just demand that those feelings go away because they didn't choose to have them. Is it their responsibility to work through those feelings? Yes. But that is a task that oftentimes takes some time to work through and to manage. And I think sometimes it's this idea of maybe one person in the couple is a microwave and the other person is a crock pot, where the microwave heats up really quick, but once it stops and it's done, it's no longer hot. The food is hot, but the microwave isn't. Whereas the other part of the couple may be more like a crock pot. It takes them a while to heat up or to get upset and angry, but then it also takes them quite a while to cool down. And so understanding which one are you and which one is your spouse will really help you as you apologize and you work through conflict. Because I know for me, I'm more like a microwave. Once our argument is done and we've kind of apologized and talked through it, for the most part, then I feel okay and I feel at peace. I'm like, okay, let's go have fun together. Where Tim is more like a crockpot. It takes him a while. He can handle a lot of things. But once he hits that point, it also takes him a long time to cool off. So even though we've apologized, we've talked about it, sometimes he needs space. Sometimes he just needs time. And understanding that really helps me to know like, hey, we're okay, but I just need to give him that time and space. And I think this goes along with apologies too, is that Oftentimes, the person who's more like the microwave, it's much easier for them to apologize more quickly. But for the person who's more like the crockpot, it's more difficult to apologize right away. And a part of that is because the emotions are still lingering pretty heavily. And if you're going to force yourself to apologize when you're still pretty upset about a situation, the problem is oftentimes it's going to be a disingenuous apology. And so if you or your spouse is more like that crockpot where it takes more time for you to get upset, but then it also takes more time for you to cool down, then understanding that, okay, the person is more like the microwave might apologize right away, but then don't expect that apology from the crockpot right away. Give them some time, and then they should then come back to you later and then apologize once they're ready. Because again, if they feel forced to apologize in the moment when they're not ready, you're going to get a like, I'm sorry, a very like immature, unpleasant, not genuine apology that's not going to make the other person feel better. But if you let them have some time to kind of cool down, then you're more likely to get a better, more healthy, genuine response from them. So the next thing you got to be careful about with apologizing is overgeneralization. I'm sorry for whatever I did. Now, if you give an apology like this, 
generally where that's probably coming from is the person who's giving that apology is either being very defensive or the being dismissive of the other person. I'm sorry for whatever I did. Well, if you were sorry for what you did, you would know what you had done and then take accountability for that. But just that very generalized statement, one thing I would say about that is, especially if you're engaging with somebody who's apologizing to you kind of in bad faith, meaning like they don't really think they did anything wrong, but they're just trying to kind of placate or pacify you, they would want to give you this kind of generalized answer as to why they're sorry, because then they don't really have any accountability to that. But if you truly are sorry, you do want to take accountability for it. Even again, like I said earlier, even if you didn't do something objectively wrong, but you said something in a way that could be interpreted as wrong, you can still take accountability for that. Oh, I'm sorry I said that. That wasn't very clear. That wasn't helpful. But if you're just saying, oh, I'm sorry for whatever you're offended by, then that's not going to accomplish anything with making the other person feel better. And so if you're going through those motions of actually trying to make an apology, you want to actually get the benefit out of making an apology. But if you're overgeneralizing, you're not going to get any benefit. You're actually more likely to irritate the person you're apologizing to. And this is something that we try to teach our kids at this young age, that when you're apologizing, you're saying specifically what you did. So that way you can acknowledge your specific action and the impact that it had on the other person. And for us, we even try to encourage them to say what they're going to do differently in the future or how they're going to do better for this or that they're going to work on it. So instead of just saying, I'm sorry, having them say, I'm sorry I took your doll from your hands. I know that wasn't okay and I won't do it in the future. Where you're acknowledging, okay, this is specifically what I did. I know that that wasn't okay and that was wrong and I'm going to work on it in the future. And granted, we're going to mess up in the future and we're going to have other conflicts that come along. But if I'm truly sorry, I want to acknowledge what I did wrong and acknowledge to you that I'm taking responsibility for that. And I'm not blaming you. I'm not minimizing what you're feeling. And then that I'm going to work on it in the future, which actually goes into another piece of what makes a bad apology. And that's repeating the behavior. So an apology loses its meaning if the person continues to repeat the behavior that they apologize for again and again. And like I just said, I know that we're going to mess up. I know we're going to do things that maybe you said that we're going to work on. But when this happens chronically, it really kind of shows this lack of commitment to change. And so as we're teaching our children, we're having them say that not just for the other person, but even for themselves to acknowledge, okay, this is something that I'm going to work on. And I think if you find yourself in that position where you feel like, man, this person keeps apologizing to me, but they keep doing the same thing, it's a fair thing to point out. Like, hey, listen, I appreciate you apologizing, but really at this point, what I want you to do is follow through on the behavioral changes that you're asking. And you don't want to wait too long down the line because if you're so upset that you start screaming this at them, then you're not likely to get what you're asking for as a result. So it is a little bit of a balancing act where you do want to give them time to change and to give them a little bit of grace, but then also being cautious about letting them go too far where you're getting more and more irritated as time goes on. And we definitely don't want you to wait so long to a point where now you don't have any control when you're yelling or screaming at them that you're upset that they're still repeating the same behavior. The other thing that's really important is if you're the apologizer, you don't want to focus on your own feelings and your own responses. There was something that I had seen recently where a CEO was doing a video of having to do layoffs of tons of people at the company, 
And they really spent a lot of time focusing on how hard it was for them to be laying people off and how bad they felt and how guilty they felt about laying all these people off. But to the people who are being laid off, his feelings are very small consolation to them. They're the ones who are losing their job, who now have this uncertainty. And this is coming from a CEO whose position is relatively secure, probably making a good amount of money. But he spent all this time focusing on his own feelings as opposed to focusing on the other person's feelings. I'm so sorry I have to lay you off. This isn't ever what I wanted. I'm so sorry that this is going to put you guys in bad positions. And we really appreciate the work that you've done. Unfortunately, we just we can't afford to keep people on. But then really focusing on how this is affecting those people who are being laid off, because that's the important thing, not how the person who's apologizing feels, but about how the people who are hurt and wounded by their actions feel. And I think if you're spending all that time focusing on yourself, people are really going to look at it and be like, oh, are you trying to play the victim now? You're the one who wronged me, but now you're only focusing on how you've been affected by this, but not really caring or thinking about how I have been affected by this. And this last one that we'll talk about of what makes a bad apology, we've kind of touched along the way, but it's lack of sincerity. If the apology doesn't convey that genuine remorse or really understanding that, gosh, I've hurt you, a lot of times it can feel really insincere. And so this is where your body language, your tone of voice, your choice of words, they all contribute to this sincere, effective apology. And when it's not there, it's very noticeable. And it really does diminish the effect of the apology that you're trying to give. Like we said earlier that, oh, I'm sorry, right? You want to make sure that you are very genuine and sincere and that you recognize what you've done and that's portrayed clearly to the other person. And I'm sure you guys all know how that feels when somebody gives you that insincere apology. And we may not know the motives behind it, but a lot of times it just feels like, oh, they're just placating or they're just doing it out of obligation, which then gets you further from that original goal of repairing that relationship. All right, you guys, we're going to end there on this first part in our mini series on apologies. So make sure you tune in next time as we continue in this topic. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.